0: I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this episode is sponsored by Ritual. Ritual is a multivitamin company passionate about helping you start and maintain daily habits that will bless your life and physical body. In addition to their amazing daily multivitamins, they have three different essential protein powder formulations, one for age 18 plus, plus one for pregnancy and postpartum, and one for age 50 plus. I'm starting the new year with their prenatal vitamins and their pregnancy formula protein powder because I'm hoping to do IVF in the next several months and I want my body to be ready. It's easy to get started with their protein powder because all you need to do is add water, shake, and sip. So why not shake up your Ritual? To make trying something new less scary, Ritual offers a money-back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Plus, my listeners get 10% off during your first three months. Just visit ritual.com slash 3 and 30 to add essential protein today. That's ritual.com slash 3 and 30. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30 minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, my friends. Welcome to 2022. This is the first episode of the new year, and I'm so excited to be here sharing with you, getting into the groove and the rhythm of a fresh start I'm feeling like I'm a bit slow going as I head into 2022. Some years I'm like raring and ready to go and motivated and I've got all my goals and I'm just feeling it. And this year I feel like I'm in a race where the starting gun went off and I heard it like five seconds late. Like it just took a little longer to process And I'm a good 10 steps behind everybody else, just kind of fumbling along, trying to get out of those starting blocks. That is a bit how I feel heading into 2022. Um, So if you feel the same, you are not alone. We had a two-week break from school, my kids did, and we had family in town. It was so much fun, but I'm exhausted, especially because the week before that, I had surgery and was recovering. And so it's been most of the month of December that I haven't had solid routines, solid work hours. I haven't been at my best physically or emotionally. And so I'm just, you know, kind of stumbling along, getting there. (laughs) So that's a little bit of context on me. I just wanted to do an episode that would be pretty informal and a little bit more personal to start the year, a little bit about my thought process and how I am heading into a new year trying to focus on the things that matter most to me in a way that is gentle and not um, aggressive and perfectionistic, but is instead allowing me to live with more integrity and more alignment with the things that matter most to me. And I hope that by talking you through some of my process, it might give you ideas of how you could follow a similar process and ask yourself similar questions to really feel like you have an aligned, gentle start to your year. I never want this podcast to be overly prescriptive. Like, these are the three things that you must do. Instead, I want it to be more suggestions, things that have been helpful for me that may spark an idea or something that might be helpful to you. And if not, that's okay too. But this is a bit about the process that I have followed this year in trying to get a good start on my new year. So a few weeks ago, I was feeling pretty down and discouraged and couldn't quite put my finger on why. My brain was just busy and fuzzy. I had a million thoughts about all the things that I could be doing better in my life. And I just knew that I needed a little bit of alone time to reflect and kind of get my bearings about me. And so I actually went to a coffee shop and spent, it was probably less than an hour that I spent doing this massive brain dump um, and journaling out and trying to get some of the thoughts and feelings out of my head. Onto paper and look at them and get some clarity around them. And I felt so much better afterwards. And when I say that I did some journaling, I don't mean that I journaled in coherent, complete sentences that will go down for posterity to read. I mean, in this instance, that I was literally like stream of consciousness writing down questions and answers and thoughts and reflections and lists and just getting it all out. So for today's episode, I wanted to share three of the questions that I thought about and that I brainstormed when I really needed some clarity. And I hope that these questions might be clarifying for you as well. Before we start with the first question, I want to tell you a little bit about my process. The very first thing that I did when I got to the coffee shop is I just started writing a list of everything that I wanted to improve about myself or my life at that time, because that's what was really weighing on me was this, oh, there's so much that I need to be doing better right now. And so I just needed to get that out and look at it to decide if it was reasonable and where I wanted to start. And so I just made a big giant list and I kind of broke it into categories of for myself and for my family. And these are some of the things that I wrote down. Um, I listed, I want to move my body more regularly, learn how to make and eat nourishing meals, not be on my phone so much, more downtime with the kids, devote more time to spiritual nourishment and connection to God, more connection to Ryan, my husband. And then for the kids, I wrote, have more technology talks with the kids and less screen time in our home, help the kids become better eaters, better family routines and systems, teach the kids to pick up after themselves slash help, work on the kid's sibling relationship, and teach them emotional resilience and skills. So just a few things, right? <laughs> just everything. But just getting it out, writing it out, honestly did make me feel a lot better. And then I was actually able to look at the lists and start asking myself some reflection questions to figure out what I actually want and where I want to focus my time and energy going into the new year. So the first question that I asked myself that I would offer to all of you listening is what is one small habit I could shift That might have a positive domino effect on my family this year. So when I looked at those, those lists of all the things that I wanted to improve, what is one small habit that I could shift that might impact everything on these lists without me having to consciously set a goal for each one of those and track it and everything else? Is there just something simple that I can do, that I can change That would have a domino effect on some of the other things that I'm worrying about in my life. And for me, the answer to that question was pretty clear pretty quickly. It's something that's been nagging me, tugging at my heart for a while, and that is to spend less time on my phone. I have really been feeling that if I simply wasn't on my phone as much, some of those other things that I listed off would start to resolve themselves um my kids would probably be better behaved if i wasn't as distracted and if they felt more connected to me there would be more opportunities to talk to them about you know, all the things that I listed there, technology talks, um, helping around the house, there would be more connection to my husband, more connection to God. I would feel less fuzzy mentally. I'd get more accomplished during my work time. And so that is my one thing that I'm going to try for this first month of 2022. I haven't set any other goals. I'm not putting too much pressure on myself. I'm thinking of it as an experiment rather than a goal or resolution. I've decided that I'm going to take Instagram off of my phone and keep my phone out of sight, out of mind, rely on, I have an Apple Watch, rely on that to see if anybody needs me or is texting me or calling me, but just try to keep my phone up in my bedroom away without Instagram and just see what that shifts. And maybe it won't shift as many things as I hypothesize that it will. But I'm interested to see, and this is going to be an interesting one for me because I do use Instagram for my work, but I've decided that all of the things that I want to accomplish in my personal life are more important to me than some of the benefits that I see from using Instagram for my work. I'm still going to get on there occasionally to talk about episodes, maybe once a week is what I'm thinking, but for the month of January, I'm really going to try hard to not be on social media just to see how it impacts my work life and my family life. So that is a question that you can ask yourself, and your answer will probably be totally different from mine, but just ask yourself, what is one small habit that you could shift that might have a positive domino effect on other areas of your life this year, and then try it. Try it for a few weeks, for a month, reflect, see how it went and change course if you need to. But there's probably one domino effect habit that you could change that would positively impact everything else. So rather than trying to overhaul everything, identify the thing that's going to have the biggest impact and give it a try. Before I share the next two reflection questions, let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about BetterHelp a lot on the show, and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around caring for your mental health. Some people think you should wait until things in your life become unbearable before you go to therapy, but that isn't true. Therapy is a tool to utilize before things get worse, and it can help you to avoid huge lows. You may wonder if therapy is for quote-unquote crazy people, but therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you recognize that all humans have emotions, and we need to learn to process, respect, and manage them, not avoid them. As you may know, I have been consistently going to therapy for almost 10 years now, and I am a far more emotionally resilient and mature person than I was before. I truly can't recommend it highly enough. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and 3 and 30 listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash 3 30. That's betterhel dot com slash 3 30. This podcast is also sponsored by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including veggie, family-friendly, and gourmet options. It's easy to customize your order online or in the app, so you can choose your meals for the week, change your delivery day, food preferences, and plan size, or skip a week whenever you need to. You may know that cooking and meal planning is one of my biggest struggles when it comes to managing a home and family, and the HelloFresh family of meal kits is a great solution for me in busy seasons when I just don't want to do the grocery shopping or think about what to cook. A few weeks ago, you heard me talk about Green Chef Meal Kits, which is owned by HelloFresh. With both of these meal kit services, it's so convenient to be able to reach into my refrigerator at 5 p.m. and pull out a bag with everything I need already pre-portioned and ready for me to pull together a meal for our family. I love switching between the brands, and now my listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount with me. Go to hellofresh.com slash 3in3016 and use code 3in3016 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. That's hellofresh.com slash 3in3016 and use code 3in3016 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts from America's number one meal kit. Okay, so the second question that I brainstormed that I would like to offer to you as you contemplate your new year is what might success look and feel like for me? This is an opportunity for you to define success. Because success is a very nebulous concept and we chase after it when we don't even know what it is that we're chasing. So that means that we're forever chasing and we don't realize when we actually have reached our goal because we never defined what our goal was. What does success as a mother actually look like and feel like day to day? What does success in your home life look and feel like in your marriage in your work, and your professional life, you know, write a few sentences or a paragraph and you may surprise yourself that you've actually already reached success in a lot of areas. So for example, for me, I wrote down that success in my home would look and feel like Ryan and I are living an intentional life that fulfills us. We feel close and connected to our kids and them to us. And I know that that's not super specific But it's specific enough for me to recognize that even though a lot of times I feel like I'm failing, by this definition, I'm actually not failing. I'm well on my way to success. I would say that that second part, we feel close and connected to our kids and them to us, we're doing that. Are we perfect parents? No. Are there things that I would love to improve in our family life? Yeah, you just heard a huge list of them. But Do I feel close and connected to my kids? I do. And do I feel like they feel close and connected to me? I do. So I'm successful. Ryan and I are living an intentional life that fulfills us. I think for the most part we are. I think that there's areas with that that we both want to work on as far as actually doing a better job of planning and um, using our free time wisely and things like that a little bit more intentionally. But we're on our way. You know, and so quantifying it this way helps me to see that I'm more successful than I might realize. For work, I wrote down that success at work would look like crafting impactful weekly episodes, being more focused in my work time so I can really focus on my kids after school, and contributing financially to my family. And I did define a specific amount That I consider successfully contributing financially to my family. And again, guess what? When I wrote all that down, I realized I'm doing most of those things. It's so easy to get caught up with in your work life, you know, wanting bigger, bigger, better, better, more of this, more of that, you know, in my particular industry more downloads, more follows, more listens, more income, more, 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 more. When really I'm like, I can feel successful now because I meet my own definition of success. One of my favorite sayings is from one of my mentors, Allison Faulkner, who says, enough is a decision, not an amount. And I think about that so often because we live in a world where sometimes it feels like it's never enough. Um, I can't say that phrase without thinking of either the greatest showman song, Never Enough, or the ridiculous meme. Have you seen the TikTok where it's like the little dog that's like, It'll never be enough. It'll, it's never enough. <laughs> enough is a decision, not an amount. And when you take the time to actually define what success would look like and feel like for you, you might realize that you're actually doing it. And if you're not, that's okay too. At least you'll know what you're shooting for and it won't always be you chasing, 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 not feeling fulfilled, not feeling like you're doing enough when you don't even know what it is that you want to be doing. Another really valuable thing about writing down your definition of success is that it helps you to see whether or not that is reasonable and in your control. Because if your definition of success is dependent on other people's behavior Then that's actually not a reachable goal. Does that make sense? So, if your definition of success is, I will feel successful as a mother when my kids no longer fight with each other and willingly and cheerfully help around the house, you're setting yourself up for disappointment because you actually can't control whether or not your kids fight with each other or whether or not they help around the house. You can create systems that encourage those behaviors. You can create a family culture, but that should be your definition of success, what you are doing, not what they are doing. So you might write it as, I will be consciously working to have a culture of love and connection in my home. That's what I will be doing. That is what I can control. Whether or not my kids, you know, follow along with that, I can't control that. And so that can't be part of my job description of what a good mother is or isn't. You may remember a few months ago in episode 206, I talked a little bit about this. And one of my quotes from that episode, I said, when I think about the definition of a good mom, it can't have anything to do with my kid's behavior. It can only have something to do with my behavior. So get it written down. What does success look and feel like for you? And then look at it and decide how you're doing and whether or not your definition is reasonable And what you would like to focus on in the coming year in connection to your definition. Okay. And then our third and final reflection question. And I want to warn you up front that this this question might be a little bit triggering if you have lost somebody that you love, has passed away, or if you have been diagnosed with an illness that might be terminal at some point. I just want to tell you that up front so you can decide whether or not you want to keep listening. I have actually found that contemplating my own mortality and the mortality of the people that I love, as difficult as that is, it actually can be very helpful for me because it makes clear very quickly what actually matters to me. And maybe you've had that experience where you've lost a loved one or a friend of yours has lost a child or a loved one, and it's made you think, Holy cow, life is so fragile and I need to cherish my relationships and that that really goes into this third reflection question that I ask myself when I need to get a little bit more clarity. And the question is, if I only had 3 years left to live, what would I want to do be and accomplish this year? And let me tell you a little bit about why that question helps me and why I chose the number 3 years. So I went to a conference a couple of years ago. It was a work-related conference. And when the speaker was trying to inspire us to get focused on our work goals and prioritize, she asked the question, what would you want to do within your work if you only had a year left to live? And that question fell a little flat for me because I thought, well, if I knew that I only had one year left to live, I would quit my job and spend every minute I could with the people I loved and with my kids. So that question didn't motivate me to get creative and to invest time and energy into work-related goals because one year felt too imminent to me. But then if you ask five or 10 years out, then that sometimes feels a little distant and so maybe not that motivating either. And so I settled in on three years. If I knew that I had three years left to live, I don't think I would quit my job. I think that I would get incredibly intentional about what do I want to put out with three and thirty? What are my priority projects, the things the legacy that I want to leave behind, and I would focus in on those things. I would continue working as I also really cherished my relationships and my home life and did things differently there. So three years was a good number for me. You could choose any number you want, just a number that makes you feel a bit of motivation to make it count without it feeling so close that you wouldn't want to do anything other than stay home and snuggle your people, if you know that makes sense. So on the plane ride home from that work conference, and this was pre-pandemic, I thought about that question. If I only had three years left... And two projects came to mind for me for my work life. One was I wanted to get the Flex of Gold journal out into the world because that is something I had been thinking about for years, but I had not actually moved on. That was in February of 2020 that I had that realization and I launched the Flex of Gold journal in November of 2020. And I really attribute that accomplishment to the fire that was lit under me by asking myself that question and realizing I wouldn't want this idea that I have that I really believe could impact families so positively. I wouldn't want that to just die with me and end with me. And hopefully I have decades left to live. But what if I don't? You know, we none of us ever knows, you know, when our time will end. And I wanted to move towards making that journal available for moms to be able to track their golden moments with their children. And I'm so proud to say that I did that in 2020. The second project that I brainstormed on that flight home from that conference was that I would want to record a digital version of my Declutter Your Motherhood workshop. And by that, I mean a video and or audio version of that workshop that would be outstanding for anybody to watch at any time without me having to be there live to deliver it. I have delivered that content digitally before, meaning online, but it's always been live. It's been on Zoom. I have been there on the call and I have been teaching it to a live audience, which is super, super powerful. But when thinking about like, if I weren't here anymore, And I wanted to leave behind a legacy, something that I could teach even after I was gone. I would want this workshop to be available to people. I feel like it is such a powerful and profound curriculum that, again, I wouldn't want to just end with me. I would want it to have some way to reach more moms throughout the world without me having to be live on Zoom with them in order to teach it. So that was another thought that I had. Those were the two projects that came to mind at that time. I have not yet done that with the Declutter Your Motherhood workshop. And so maybe that is a goal that I need to have for 2022. Or maybe that's something that I need to adjust now if that's no longer as important to me now as it was back then. I'm not sure. I'm thinking on that one, deciding if it's still a top priority for me. But I just wanted to talk you through the process of, of what this looks like for you as you brainstorm your own goals. As I think about if I only had three years left to live, what would I want my goals at home to be? I know as a fact that I would want to be more present with my children every day. I would want to do more journaling so that they would have a written record of my love for them. And the Flex of Gold Journal is a perfect way to do that. You just write down a little golden moment that you have with your kids every day that I would love to be able to pass on to my children. And I also know that if I knew that I was going to pass away in three years, I would really want to focus the next three years on helping my kids build emotional skills and resilience to be able to handle that loss and to be able to move forward in their life with some real solid emotional maturity. And again, I hope that I'll be around for another 60 years. But regardless, doing this exercise reminds me that this is what matters. And since I don't know if I will be around for another 60 years, I should go ahead and focus on these things now. Because A lot of the other stuff that I do, that I spend my time worrying about with my kids doesn't really matter that much to me. When I was writing up the notes for this episode and I was writing out the three questions, I accidentally typed, if I only had three years left to love, what would I want to do be accomplished this year? And I actually thought that that typo was extremely fitting. If I only had three years left to live and love my people, how would I want to spend that time? So that's it, my friends. Those are my three reflection questions that I responded to during my little brainstorm the other day at the coffee shop. And I really encourage you to take some time to do a little bit of self-reflection at the beginning of this year, whether you use my three questions or your own three questions, or you just take some time to look back and look forward. I think this type of brainstorming and journaling and pausing the busyness of our lives to get intentional really, really makes a difference. If you want a worksheet to go through my three questions, you can get that in the show notes of today's episode. You can print it off and fill it out. And by way of recap, here are those three questions What is one small habit I could shift that might have a positive domino effect on my family life this year? Second, what might success look and feel like for me? And third, If I only had three years left to live, what would I want to do, be, or accomplish this year? Thank you for indulging me in this more personal, less formal episode. Let me know what you thought of it, if you liked it, because this may be something that I do more often throughout 2022, if it's something that benefits you. I have been sort of yearning to do a little bit more real-time processing of the things that I'm going through in my life and within my motherhood through some solo episodes on the show. I really appreciate you and value you being here. I'm so grateful for this work that I get to do. And I hope that you have a beautiful week with your family.